0: Hi, I'm Tara from Marathon Mates. This week, our marathon mate Aisha Razak joins us to share her running journey as well as to discuss the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Are you ready to run? Let's go.
1: Welcome
2: to the thrilling world of the flying runner brought to you by the Marathon Mates.
0: Welcome back to The Flying Runner. In this week's episode, we continue to share our training journey as we head into Berlin just two weeks away, and for Tony and Sharon, Chicago, in just two weeks after Berlin. As always, we will discuss the marathon news that's happened from last week and around the world. And this week, our very special guest is Aisha Razak. Aisha has run a number of marathon events around the world and is also a board member, of the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Aisha was one of sorry, Aisha was the one who provided us with the opportunity to have a chat to Robert D Costello back in episode five. Thanks for joining us, Aisha. It's a real pleasure having you here. How are you going? And most importantly, are you starting to get excited for Berlin?
2: Well, thank you, Tara, Tim, and Tony for having me on the show. This is my first ever podcast. So please be kind. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm getting super excited. I've got seven more days of work. And um, I'm at that point where I'm just, you know, second guessing myself as to have I done enough training or not. That's
0: a normal marathon
2: feel for yeah. all of
0: us. Doesn't matter how many marathons you do. I think everyone has that feeling. So you're in good company with us today for that feeling. So that's all good. Ah. Oh. And um, I guess it would be remiss of me not to say welcome to my co-hosts this week, Tony and Tim. How should you guys how have you been going this week, both of you?
3: I'll go first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah I'm feeling good. Very excited. It's just about to get very real. Um, a little bit overwhelmed with everything that's still going to happen before I jump on the plane next th- on Thursday week. Oh, sorry, next. Thursday when the podcast comes out. Uh, training wise, I'm still fighting fit and healthy, but this time of before a marathon, it sort of does a little bit. It, you you play mind games because then you don't want to get injured, so you don't want to push yourself too hard. But then in the back of your mind, you're saying like, I should just said, have I done enough, and should I get out there for another long run? And it's really about trying to find that balance. So we did 16K on Sunday because we had a full-day sausage chisel raising funds for heart kids on Saturday. And to be honest, being on your feet all day at a sausage chisel in a very limited space was just my body was aching. It wasn't good. I wanted to do 21 on Saturday. We did 16. But can I tell you, I don't think that 5K is going to make any difference whatsoever i've been pretty confident pretty happy with my training um and it's now just mind games isn't it it's just about trying not to tax the body not get injured this close to to the dance
1: yeah yeah and that's that's correct i, I i'm i'm the same you, you get a little bit of a scratchy throat in the morning when you wake up and is it a cold is it not a cold should i take something for it you know, I can feel tightness in my hamstring a little bit. Is it going to tear or snap on me in the next couple of days before I fly out? All those little niggles all come to the forefront of your mind and the reality is they're just normal parts of life and the joy of getting old. But um, we, we have the same feelings. Um, for us, though, training this week, it's been a relatively stable week for us. We've got most of our sessions done the way we wanted to get them done. We did our long run on Saturday and we incorporated park run into our long run. So we set off and did uh, 15 kilometres to start with, no, 14 kilometres okay. to start with. Then we did park run, Sandgate park run, which was fantastic. Uh, and as normal, we, we ran into some friends out there as well at Sandgate. And then, um, then we came back for a one-kilometre cool-down walk at the end of it to get our 20Ks up for the long run. <clears throat> didn't do anything on Sunday. Sunday was a rest day. It was also our son's 18th birthday. So it was a nice time to have a bit of family time before we go away. But, um, yeah, I think we're both feeling pretty good at the moment. The bodies are feeling good. We're off to see Wayne O this week, Wayne um, Cooley, um, that we had on the uh, earlier episodes. So we'll get our final massages in at the end of this week um, before we get on that plane on Wednesday next week. So we fly out a day before you. Um, but, uh, we're highly looking forward to it again, like Aisha, we've got seven work days left,
3: <laughs>
1: um, not that we're counting, but bring it on. <laughs> I think yeah. you're on the same
0: part as aren't you, Aisha?
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, excellent. Oh, party bus <laughs> on, uh, Joja and then Berlin, so.
1: The guitar <laughs> airline, geez. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guitar, not Qantas. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Um. So, Tony, what else has uh, been
3: happening? Your well, side? I, I've got a little bit of um, admin to just to share before we get into Marathon News and uh, our special guests, of course. Um, we've got one more show that we'll be recording before we will not be in the country, all right? So, and we we had a, a meeting over the last couple of weeks. What are we going to do? We don't want to lose the momentum behind... The podcast we've been pretty good at getting one out every week we're now at episode 11 okay. yep. so in double digits um, but during Berlin and Chicago and the time frames the reality is that we won't have a podcast coming out on our podcast platforms or on YouTube however we are going to commit to doing some Facebook live video from our Facebook page so for everyone who's listening or watching or getting used to catching up with us once a week on this The Flying Runner podcast, please join us on Facebook, um, follow us, like the page The Flying Flying Runner, and uh, we will keep you abreast and as it happens while we're in Berlin and Chicago. So something a little bit different. When we get back, we'll put them all together and we'll put some episodes out in relation to it. Um, but, yeah, please join us on Facebook and uh, we'll keep you updated with both what's happening in Berlin and Chicago. And you'll meet so many more new people that we will meet as well. So exciting times.
0: Very exciting for us. So, Aisha, I guess we'll um get to the... Real person, why we're here for tonight. How's your journey going? I know that you had a, a bit of a setback there for a little while, but you're back into it all and you're feeling good.
2: Uh, Look, I am feeling good. I think building on what um, Tony said earlier, it is all in the mindset now. And um, I do say to people running a marathon, it's 90% mental. And the other 10% is mental as well. It's all mental, isn't it, (laughs) when you think about it? So so, um, the training's going really well. Um, On Sunday, I was hoping to run 15 to 20 Ks, but I stopped at 13 and a half. My legs have had enough. I've got three blue toenails to prove it. Um, So now it's just about getting into that right right mindset um, and not freaking out. Um, You know, I think running a marathon is hard, but an international marathon brings um, some other logistical challenges and, you know, you've got to grapple with the jet lag and check out the weather and there's this crazy heat wave going through Berlin at the moment, which is... Mm. um, you know unusual for this time of the year and then thinking about oh my god I'm going to start at 10 o'clock in the morning and you know when I'm used to really running first thing in the morning so um, I guess it's just trying to try to um, deal with all those um, challenges but um, I know um, like every other marathon it's it's going to be an amazing day and um, that finish line is very very close.
0: Yeah. Absolutely and I know that you've done a lot of these majors before and a few international like you know you, you're you're an expert at this as much as what the rest of us are. Mm-hmm. So I guess do you do your majors as a as a bit of a fun thing or do you go out for time or what what's your attitude towards Berlin for this one?
2: Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, previous races I've run with race bands and I've had this um, aspiration, I guess, to break a sub four marathon. But um, as I'm getting older and um, uh, I guess – My satisfaction now is just about finishing and completing the race. So, for me, it's about um, listening to my body finishing the race. And um, when you do go out, the um, international marathons are such a unique experience. I don't want to be looking at my watch and looking at my pace band. You know, I want to be looking at the sights and um, Mm -hmm. what's ahead and, you know, high fiving the crowd. So, um, I don't want to be out there for too long. Um, I try to finish around the four and a half hour mark, but I don't know, this one might be a bit slower because I think they are <laughs> predicting 30 degree um, heat. So it might be a slow one. As long as we're having fun, that's the most important thing, I think. That's what we're yeah. there for.
0: So, yeah, excellent. So, Tony, what's been happening this week for our weekly marathon and running news? Have we got yeah. that secret
3: Sorry, I had to do that because as you know, <laughs> Tim called for that, right? Love it. Well, Sydney's happening this Sunday, and doesn't that hasn't that time flown? It seems like just yesterday we were like like so long ago. We were talking about Sydney being a um, a candidate for the Abbots, and it's happening this Sunday, and you can just see the excitement they've gone through and introduced some of their paces on uh, social media. So, and we know so, so many people um, that are part of the marathon mates that we know are running Sydney. So good luck to everyone who's doing the event. We can't wait to see updates and score, you know, times and everything. The, um, the drama I think is that, Um, It's not just Berlin that they're tipping a 30-degree day. They're actually tipping a 30-degree day for Sydney this Sunday. So a little bit different, but it's a 7 o'clock start. So some of the people we know are pretty quick and nimble and they'll be in the pub by 10.30, I'd imagine, (laughs) after the race. But um but yeah it's going to be a great event. I can't wait to see it. There there is some live streaming happening via their YouTube page, I believe. So um it'll be a good one to follow if indeed you have time. So good luck to everyone running Sydney this week. Now
1: they're saying just on that weather they're saying that they're talking about putting extra drink stations on the course if the temperature looks like it's going to hit the 30 degree mark. So Extra hydration stations is is a good thing, but um, mm. I haven't heard of a marathon doing that before. So, mm. not, at, not at such short notice. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope with it, especially if it
3: is a hot one. What's
0: well, getting the volunteers? Yeah. to do yeah. that as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a little bit tricky with hydration too, because sometimes people might have a tendency to overhydrate while they're right. um, with the, with the 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 temperatures and it's just something to be mindful of because and we've spoken about hydration in previous episodes of course and um yeah i mean you can underhydrate and you can overhydrate, and then you've got to try and find your sweet spot so just yeah. be mindful and um you know if you've been training with a drink every 3k or half an hour or every hour or a sip of water don't necessarily change it for the marathon just try and keep to your routines and um just see how you're going so um a a place that we haven't been (laughs) is mexico (laughs) and the mexico marathon was recently run on august 27 the events of world marathon gold label event which is like the level below the majors isn't it you've got to be gold to go [SSS2] on gold
1: coast is the same label so it's it's one step down, sort
3: of from the majors. So a pretty serious event. Yeah. So thirty thousand runners, which was uh, pretty cool. Eleven thousand were disqualified. I saw that for cheating <laughs> of all things, and they cheated by taking public transport and cars to shorten the course distance. Why? <laughs> why sign up for a marathon if you're going to find a way to rot the system and and catch a lift? So. Um, Some, and Tim's made an assumption here, Tim's our news uh, writer, by the way, so some some are most likely chasing Boston qualifying times. So that's interesting. Slip south Um, of the
1: border, no one's going to notice. Just go and run a 21K, 42K marathon, you
3: know, and just catch the bus or the train and then get your BQ and off to Boston. Absolutely. Um, Not the first time this event has had to do, um, had to disqualify a lot of runners. However, 2017, there were 6,000 runners disqualified, um, followed by 2018 with 2,090 runners. So Mexico, it could only happen in Mexico, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if
0: you're going to cheat, don't do Mexico because they obviously really <laughs> scrutinise their results yeah. is what this comes down
3: to. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the other bit of news over the weekend was here in Brisbane. They had the uh, the river run on. Um, it's a really good event. It's done uh, in in and around the Brisbane River there. They have multiple different events. I think they even do a 100k race as well. Um, and they do you get marathons. You can do marathons at two different times from memory. One at night time and one during the daytime as well. So they set them off one close to midnight or just after, and one at 6am. Um, and there's half marathoners and things like that. but yeah, but yeah. all report that went down really well, the race this year it's it's a good event. We've done it once before a number of years ago. We really enjoyed it. Um, and a big shout out, I guess to my sister who did the half marathon there. so that's I mm. think, half marathon this year. Mm. and she's enjoying the distance and getting you know into the uh, into the spirit of things with her running. so she's really enjoying it as well. So it's good.
0: Alrighty, so well, I guess we're on to the reason why we're actually here. It's our very great pleasure to introduce our very special guest, Aisha Rakat. <laughs> Rezak. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Aisha. Um <laughs> to our podcast. So Tim and I first met Aisha in the London Marathon last year at Travelling Fit Tour, and Tony was there as well. So we've all known Aisha since then. And she's a bit like us where she likes to have a bit of a party afterwards as much as <laughs> so that's always a good thing. That's what we're yeah. all looking for. Um, so when we joined up, I guess when we first met you, we were on a tour of um, with you and your friend Purdy, and we went off to the Tower of London together and, you know, after the marathon did a few bits and pieces Um. Aisha's based here in Brisbane, so when she's not running or working, she's involved in the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Has been a board member of the IMF since two thousand and nineteen. Is that right? Yep, that's about it. Yeah, excellent. Um, so you were also present in London with all of us, of course. Um, when Charlie Mar became the first IMP graduate to achieve the six stars, which was fantastic. And um, as we said earlier. Aisha is currently preparing for the Berlin Marathon to run it with us and is going to spend some, we are all going to spend some great time exploring a new <laughs> city. So that's great. Welcome. So, no, Tim, Thank you for having me. No worries. So Tim's going to start you off with some questions and we'll sort of go back and forth. How does that sound?
2: Perfect.
1: Cool. Hey, uh, welcome Aisha. And it's good to see you again. Um When did you, we asked this of all of the guests, these are some standard questions up front, but the first one we like to know is, when did you get into running and why did you get into running?
2: So can I say I was one of those people who used to think people who loved running were crazy, and now (laughs) I'm one of those crazy people and I'm even doing a podcast on running, so um, it's, it's the next level, but um I I think you know it wasn't um, running wasn't planned for me. I never considered myself to be a runner or have the running body to to do that. But um, back in two thousand and ten, I was working for an organisation in Canberra who were the major sponsors for the annual Women and Girls Fun Run, which was a five k race. And as part of the major sponsorship. I was invited to present the medals at the end of the race. So um, at that point I was like, oh, it's a women and girls fun run. Um, The chief minister back then was a female, um, a mother with kids. She was going to fire the gun, then join the back of the race and run it. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do this as well. I was quite new in this um, new role. So um, you know, um, that's how my journey began from couch to 5Ks and mm. I haven't looked back since then, slowly building up my distance to 10Ks, um, half marathon and eventually completing the full marathon in 2014 wow. and, you know, I can honestly say it is the best thing I have done, um, running has transformed my life over the last um, 13 years and um, continues to every day and you know I think I'm more resilient as a result of lacing up and getting out there almost every morning um, regardless of how I'm feeling or the weather it's um, it's a great thing that I have done for myself.
0: Absolutely not only yourself but your family as well it's a good inspiration for them to show them that through tough times you can keep going.
2: That's right, and, you know, and I do think about running, it's, um, it's not actually the um, marathon or the race, it's all the preparation that goes in and I think we've, you know, as a, as a runner we all know the, some of the challenging, challenges and the adversity that we've got to work through and I think it just really prepares you um, in terms of strength and resilience um, in, in work and, and, and at home and in your, in your sporting life as well.
3: Absolutely. Now, um, Aisha, we know you're training for Berlin. You shared some of the plans, your plans for the race earlier. Now, after we ran London, there was, and this is a little bit off the cuff because – I never saw a bad photo of you from the yeah. uh, from the London marathon. Every photo I saw there was this big beaming smile, a, <laughs> a confident lady striding along. So, my question to you is have you worked out where the photographers are for Berlin <laughs> <laughs> at this stage?
2: Do you know, it's all about having fun on the course. Um, I don't actually run with my phone. Um, though I have Uh, been practicing and so I do have to sort of look out for the cameras the other thing is um, my family's all overseas and sometimes they live stream it and I do make a bit of a public announcement when I do do my runs and I never know who's watching me and um, I figure if my family can get a glimpse because they think I'm absolutely mad for running and that you know something (laughs) horrible might happen to me I do always try to look at the cameras in case people are following me and
3: they can see me smiling and
2: know that i'm okay
3: so there is a purpose to that absolutely and and it helps the run to be honest when you've you know one of the little tips that's uh i thought has always been in the back of my mind when you're smiling it makes the run so much i I don't know easier more effective because you've just putting a smile on your face so i think you've confirmed that believe it or not there
1: actually is scientific but having said that oh Sorry, I was just gonna say there is actually scientific evidence yes. that, that shows that smiling actually is better for you when you're running. Mm. You do run faster when you smile.
0: That's why Kipchogi's always got a good smile on his face. Yes.
2: Sorry, Aisha. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna say, and um, you know, having run London, and we were all there. I, I, I think there was every opportunity to smile. It was like mm. the most joyous race that I've participated in. So um, you know, every everywhere I looked, you, you just had to smile.
0: Yeah. So I guess you've done some majors now. What ones have you done, and which ones are you still to
2: achieve to get your six stars? So I did um, New York in 2014 which was my my first one um, at the age of 40 and at that time I was only ever going to run the one marathon but, um, you know, as I crossed the finish line I got the bug and I thought to myself I feel so fit and fabulous at 40. I had just turned 40 Mm. and I thought I want to have this same feeling when I turn 50. So I made a pact at the finish line that I wanted to complete all six world majors by the time I turned fifty. So um, I started my journey. Did New York twenty fourteen, Tokyo in twenty seventeen, Boston in twenty nineteen, and then COVID hit, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it." And then um, thankfully, um, it all reopened. Um, I did London last year. Um, I'll do Berlin this year, twenty twenty three, and. Next year in October, I'll turn 50 and I'll complete it with Chicago. So I will actually finally be able mm. to fit it into the, um, in, into, into the roster. So I'm really? absolutely delighted um, that I'm still able to get to my goal. And um, I haven't looked at the um, world major rankings, but I don't think there's many um, female Pakistani Australians who've actually claimed <laughs> the world six major marathon medals. Yeah. So there it's a bit of go. a personal goal for me yeah. as well
1: you might be might be the first one and uh we'll be in chicago fingers crossed next year for our fifth star and getting our sixth star hopefully in new york a couple of weeks later for my 50th in november Ah. (laughs) similar sort of plans which is great so out of those majors or or any of the other running events you've done it doesn't have to be the majors what's been your favorite event so far
2: you know, it's like it's like you're asking me to pick my favourite child or something. It's really hard because I think all the international marathons are pretty amazing and, you know, they're a once-in-a-lifetime experience and New York being the first one was um, amazing. Um, Tokyo I PB'd in and there's not as much jet lag. There's only a three-hour time difference, so that was nice. Um, Boston was quite memorable for me because I did support... Emma Cameron, who was an Indigenous uh, marathon graduate who was meant to run New York but got injured. And what we do as part of the foundation is that if you miss out on New York, um, Rob tries to get um, the grads to a different marathon, so she was picked to go to Boston. But sadly, um, at the... 40k mark she was stopped because of the 2013 boston bombings so she had some unfinished business and um rob sort of came up to me in 2019 and said hey you know we've got emma cameron she's from this remote community in Jabaroo." Um, she really wants to run the Boston um, Marathon again because she's got this unfinished business, you know, will you be able to support her? So, um, you know, running with Emma in Boston was pretty pretty memorable and, um, you know, she really just inspired me so much to just overcome what Mm -hmm. she had been through. And we did joke with her and say, you know, you've got the... Probably the longest finishing time out of all of us in <laughs> six years and whatever hours and minutes, but um, that 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 was pretty special um, race. And you know, as I said, London last year was um, also a really fun race because it was just full of charity and fundraising um, people who were just running for fun, and that really aligns with my values and what I do at with IMF, being a sort of a bit of a charity runner for them as well. So um, I, I think you know, as you say. It's it's hard to pick and um, if I were to say in Australia, the um, Great Ocean Road Half Marathon, which is over 21Ks, I think it's around 22, 23Ks, is pretty spectacular as well. Yeah,
1: the ultra half.
2: That's it.
3: Yeah. How do you motivate yourself, Aisha, when things get tough? So whether it's in training or in a race? So what are some of the little tips and tricks that help keep you on track even though you might be hurting or it's you're just not there mentally?
2: No. Yeah, I think in terms of training, you know you know the saying they say takes a village to raise a family. Um, you know, I say that it takes an amazing community to train for marathons. So, um being new to Brisbane, um, both, um, the in training running club and Brisbane road runners have really welcomed me into their communities. And, you know, I'm really grateful for the support and encouragement, um, they've given me. So I think it's about surrounding yourself with, um, you know, like-minded people and people who can, um, encourage you on those days where you don't feel like going for a run. And they've also got lots of, um, people with different um, abilities and capabilities. So you can always find someone who's going to keep you company, whether you want to run a fast day or a slow day. So that's um, really awesome. And, during a race um, and marathon, I normally take my headphones with me and there's times where I just need to focus and dig deep. I do put my headphones in and listen to my favourite 80s music. Maybe that's <laughs> why I'm smiling and you know, I, I, count
3: ten, I count
2: 10 songs and yeah. 10 songs can normally, you know, get me sort of 7.5 mm. to 8 Ks and just gets me through those um, shouldn't say dark moments but those tough moments sometimes they can get dark as well when you get into your own thoughts Mm. but um music really helps me excellent um so you've
0: been with the IMF now for quite some time how did you actually get involved with them to start with what made you decide that that's where you wanted to be
2: Yeah, so with IMF, uh, I actually met um, Rob in 2013. I was at an event and he had actually just come back from uh, the Boston Marathon with the bombings and he was the guest speaker and he was talking about um, the Indigenous Marathon Foundation at this event. And I had just finished my first ever half marathon and um, someone said, oh, do you want me to introduce you to Rob? And I was like, yeah, sure, he's an absolute legend. And um, when I met him, I was just absolutely starstruck. And I said rookie error, um, I hope I can run a marathon one day. And he said to me, can you fundraise? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good at fundraising. I just did the CEO sleep out and, you know, raised $8,000. And he's like, come to New York with me and run with the squad and, um, you know, and fundraise for the charity. And I was like, oh, look, I'm not sure. You know, I've just only done one half marathon. And so um, he kept persistent. Um, with me and I sort of then ran the Canberra half again and I it was a terrible second half marathon was terrible and Mm. I was like I don't know if I can do this and he said come to the Gold Coast and um, at the Gold Coast they also have the grads run the first half there as well Mm. so I met some of the grads there and then I was like right I'm in I'm signed up and I was coming up to my 40th birthday. So I made a goal to raise $1,000 for every kilometers um, off the marathon. So $42,000 was my goal. And I ended up um, surpassing that at Um, $53,000. And so that's how my journey became. I was the first corporate runner. And after I finished, it was such a great experience that I thought I'm gonna pass on my shirt to the next runner and try to make a program out of this to help um, the IMF raise funds because you know we are not for profit and money is important and um, since then um, we've had 15 um, corporate runners who've run North Pole Marathon, um, different Marathons, New York, um, Boston, Mm -hmm. London and um, we've raised over a half a million dollars and then in 2019 Rob um, invited me to join the board.
1: Awesome!
0: Wow, wow but, that's fantastic.
1: That's huge. So, you got invited yeah. onto the board. So, what does your role now, I guess, entail as being a board member on the IMF? What what sort of activities do you do?
2: Yeah. So, um, so as a board, you know, our vision is to um, what we're striving for is, I guess, a reconciled, unified. And healthy Australia through the simple um, yet powerful act of running and walking. So, the things that we focus on are you know, how can we go about creating a healthier and more physical physically active first nations community um how can we provide leadership education and employment to um first nations australians where they would otherwise not exist um how do we identify support and promote the next generation of first nation leaders um you know how do we um provide um, positive and uplifting stories um, regarding first nations people and communities as well so imf is all about celebrating indigenous resilience and achievement um, promoting the good um, often in the newspaper in the press we see a lot of negative stories but it's about how can we reconcile and unify australia by promoting the good rather than the bad yeah that's
3: good excellent it uh, must be Absolutely motivating to for for anyone. I mean, I'm motivated by the IMP runners. And what amazes me is that they go from some of them never having run before and in six months actually fronting up at the New York Marathon, which is just incredible to think about. Um no doubt you are, are part of the program because of that motivation. So can you just share some of the maybe the more inspiring stories that you've seen or, or felt during your journey mm-hmm. that you've had through with the IMF?
1: Yeah,
2: I think personally, for me, you know, um, being um, an Australian and a proud Australian, I thought I had I, I knew a lot about Australia, but you know, there's another Australia within this Australia that um, we don't know much about, and. Um, I think one of the things that um, IMP does is, in a nutshell, it's like a six-month course in self-confidence. So um, the biggest impact I've seen is how the programs rebuild self-esteem and self-worth in um, some young First Nations people. You know, a lot of them have suffered um, a lot. Um, Sometimes it's alcohol abuse, um, it's trauma, um, it's domestic violence. And so a lot of the graduates that I have met are overcoming some kind of um, trauma that they've suffered. And um, just through the program, you know, I've really just firsthand witnessed um the people who've taken the step to run the marathon, how they've overhauled, whether it's their um, physical fitness or whether it's their mental health or if it's their family life. Um, And what we talk about in the foundation is the ripple effect. So it's not just the changes they've made to themselves, but the changes they've made um, to community and to Mm. their other family members. So, you know, I think one of the grads said to me, you know, I tell... The other people I work with, that if I can run a marathon and I can do something so hard, and I can believe in it, you know, you you can do this too. And um, you know, we've seen um, you know parents grow in confidence. We've seen um, increased school attendance. So that ripple effect just doesn't stop with that individual. It sort of you know ripples into the wider communities as well. Um, it's it's just um, it's just amazing. And um, you know, Rob does say that the the finish line is the start of their next chapter or their yeah. next um, career or their next life as well. So, you know, it just doesn't stop at the end of the marathon. Um, as a foundation, we do try and support them um, in the life after that as well.
0: And, that, and that's the great
2: thing about it.
0: So what's the difference between IMF and IMP? What's the, like, one's a foundation, one's the project. Um, what's the actual main difference between the two of them, I guess. Yeah,
2: sure, so IMF is the um, umbrella organization and underneath it, we've got um, four programs or four real programs. And um, IMP is the one that's I guess gets a lot of the media attention where we pick um, 12 young First Nations um, people to run the New York Marathon in six months, six males, six females. Um, so that's what the Indigenous Marathon um, Project is. But then um, the the program that I'm actually a lot more passionate about is um, what we call IMF RAW, which is a run. RAW stands for Run and Walking Group. So it's a grassroots community owned and driven mm-hmm. w- um, walking and running program, similar to Park Run, but a lot more. In so far that all the events are free, they're inclusive they're safe and they're not timed and culturally appropriate. And so what we do is we create a safe place for, um, you know, First Nations children, adults, elderly to all get together, exercise, support each other and um, take on challenges that build on their physical um, and mental um, health and well-being. So, um, you know, they're often run by volunteers. We've got around, um, I think, 60... Um, Remote communities that do have these running and walking groups. Um, and, you know, and they provide sort of weekly training sessions for all abilities as well. So there's. And also, then underneath it, we've got sort of um, another program called ICANN. ICANN, okay, yeah. So what's the ICANN? What's that one? Is that yep, the like yep. a, Is that like a 5K type thing or. Yeah, so what I can is um, a, a program that we run in, in, in schools in remote parts of um, remote and regional um, Australia. And it's a fun program that encourages school attendance, promotes healthy nutrition and exercise. So, um, you know, I've spent a bit of time in the remote communities. I was up in Aracoon um, not long ago. And, you know, there is a real. Um, issue there with um, kids attending school and obesity and health and physical activity. So what this program does is provides um, statistical analysis for schools and teachers on areas where they can address um, and address health issues and promote health issues. So, you know, we do a lot of health assessments, um, physical fitness screenings, um, and and then um, have a look at that statistical data and provide sort of solutions and options for those communities on how they can um, improve um, the children's um, fitness um, and school attendance as well. So it's like starting
0: from the start so that you can get them over to that IMP, uh, you know, that yeah. side of things as well, I guess. And, but, um,
1: promoting healthy yeah. living while yeah. they're young and, and building the right, um,
0: foundations. right foundations
1: for their life, I guess, as well going forward.
2: Yeah, and yeah. then we've and we're really privileged to have um, Asics as one of our major sponsors and partners. And you know, when I went up to Arakoon with them, you know, they came up with um, you know three barges of shoes, Asics shoes. <laughs> and um, what they do is they actually go to the schools and because um, it's really important that we fit them properly with shoes as well. So mm-hmm. Asics does um, free shoe fittings and gives these young kids um, shoes. And you know, they're all the fluoro green. And oranges and yellows and <laughs> gosh, they look the part, and they look so happy. And and then we get them out there and get them running. It's it's fantastic. So there's another part
0: to it as well called um,
2: front runners. Is that something that you know much about as well, or yeah? So so front runners is the sort of the sort of the final leg, which is um, a program that we designed for the grads. So we do put them through this intense. Um, program of six months where you know they go from zero running to then you know running the New York Marathon and then when they come back to their communities it's about how do we help them for the next chapter of their lives and help them become the change leaders that we want them to be and so what we did with um, Qantas who gave us um, a, a very generous grant is um, continue to support the graduates um, with mentoring scholarships and opportunities. So, um, you know, we've done um, many things like help um, some of our grads start their own running programs, um, pursue further study. so help them buy textbooks and computers. Um, Some have started their own business and just whatever we can do to support them post the marathon because we don't want them to lose the um, experience and their confidence that they've built and give them a real chance to then go and deliver that positive change that we want in the communities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Keep that drive going and mm-hmm. making it move.
1: It's that's, that's awesome. It's awesome to hear that once they come off the program that there's something for them to, to take that forward into their communities and to do something with the skills they've learnt whilst they've been on the IMP. So I find that really inspirational and I know that Rob is is the main driver behind a lot of this. I know he's he's sort of been there from the beginning. Uh, You've mentioned that you've you know you've worked closely with Rob now on this board for a while. What sort of inspiration do you get from Rob? Rob De Costello, that (laughs) is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, Look, you know I. Like many of us, um, you know, admire Rob for everything he has achieved on and off the field. Um, you know, he's a truly um, inspirational man. And I do always say to people, there's a reason why he's, you know, was the Australian of the Year as well for all the contributions he's made yes. um, to support, to sport, and um, what is the work that he's doing now. So I think one of the inspirations I get from Rob is, um, you know, he keeps reinforcing um, to me that. And to others, that you know, nothing ever great um, happens in the comfort zone. And it is so true. It's not until we extend ourselves and do something challenging, um, like running a marathon, that we realize um, how wonderful and amazing we are as individuals and what we can really achieve. So, that inspiration of you know, life's not always easy, you've got to push through the hard times, step outside that comfort zone um and you know you will realize that you're a lot more stronger and resilient um than you think you are so um you know i'm absolutely grateful for you know the opportunity he's given me and you know the gift of running that he's given me and um many other people in this country
1: it's not not uh, not everyone has a <laughs> coach almost in the background that can help them through all their training that must be it must be awesome having somebody like rob in your back pocket there so uh, you know, it would be fantastic to, to just pick his brain every once in a while with some of the things you might encounter along your journey, uh, and get that advice as well.
2: Yeah, no, he's, he's an absolutely awesome. Um, I do know um, that when um we are going to be in Berlin, we'll have two. Um, grads with us um, Joyra and Um so um, I'll be giving them the pep talk that Rob <laughs> gives me at the start of every marathon which is Aisha, none of that walking stuff it's a marathon not a walkathon so make sure there's no walking <laughs> and it doesn't start
1: till 30k's
2: that's it. He says no huffing and puffing for the first 30 Ks. Um, always like, you know, I always call it being chat fit. Um, be, make sure you can <laughs> hold a conversation. Um, and, and then that's that's when that's when the real race begins. Yeah. I follow
0: um, Hayley on Strava and I can tell you this much, she's going to be well and truly in front of me, that's for sure. She's doing an amazing job. So,
2: yeah. You know, she's, um, I think she ran... Um, her first marathon, and then she ran Gold Coast and shaved like a hour off her um, PB. And um, yeah, she, she's mm. an absolute gun. And um, hopefully, um, she has a she has a good race for Berlin as well.
3: Mm. No and doubt. <laughs> <Your> yeah. <time. laughs> um, so before I do, so back in episode five when we did have Rob, we did uh, promote the imf.org.au so if you do want to help out with the um, indigenous marathon foundation you can do so by going to the website imf.org.au and uh, you'll be able there's a plethora of ways that you can support the organization so please get down there and check it out now before you go I share it's um we've started this thing called the fast five. So none of us are fast runners. Oh sorry, the fast six. So <laughs> correct myself. None of us are fast runners, but this has to be quick, right? So we ask five very, very quick questions and they're very, very simple, quick answers. So are you ready to go? I feel
2: like I need to hold a buzzer down or something, but yes. yes, I'm
3: ready. All right. So podcast or music. Music. Best running advice ever given to you?
2: Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. Um, Always wear proper shoes. Get your shoes (laughs) fitted.
3: What advice would you give to someone starting out?
2: Uh, I just think persevere it and running is hard. Um, but if you can just get past that first five to seven minutes where you're huffing and puffing, you mm-hmm. do eventually get into a rhythm. It's like starting a cold car. You know, you've got to warm yourself up and then you'll get into the groove. So keep keep at it.
3: Uphill or downhill?
2: Downhill. I'm allergic to hills. <laughs> <laughs> uphill. <laughs>
3: So um, <laughs> gels. yeah boston blocked? didn't go
2: that well for me um yeah. gels gels and
3: favorite shoes to run in
2: uh brooks um always been a brooks girl and my current shoes are a brooks ghost i was in oh. adrenaline but so moved to a neutral shoe yeah. okay
3: excellent That's good. Thank, thank you yeah. so much yeah.
0: Oh, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. I'm sure many of our listeners have enjoyed hearing from you and they're feeling very inspired by your journey as well. Um, as we said last week, we've made a change to our format to move away from Tim's terrible dad jokes, and um, <laughs> we're now going over to do Tim's hopefully... T- terrific tips. Terrific tips. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go ahead (laughs) okay
1: so this week's tip is um pretty much aligned with what we were talking about before about weather and, and other things so the tip this week is worry about the things you can control and forget about the things you can't control so uh don't let the small things ruin your race because you start worrying about the small things so by this I mean you can't control the weather on the day. if it's going to be windy, if it's going to be rainy, if it's going to be 30 degrees, you can't control any of that. So don't lose focus on that. Don't stress over those sort of things. Focus on the things you can control. If it's going to be wet, if it's going to be cold, wear the right gear for the day. If it's going to be hot and humidity uh, hot and humid, make sure you take the right hu- nutrition uh, the uh, hydration before the race and, and make sure you're hydrated beforehand. And a bit like what you said, Tony, earlier on, make sure you you you, you keep up with what you've trained, and, and just monitor it as you go. Um, unfortunately, races can be ruined by just worrying about those small little things. You know, you know, it could be even um, you know I was running with somebody at Sunshine Coast, and I was saying they're getting blisters on their feet. Well, you can't do much about that when you're racing. I know it hurts, but you've just got to block it out and worry about the things you can control. And at that point, it's about you know, focusing on your form while you've got a, a blister on your foot. It's about making sure you can get to the next drink station. It's about moving forward and taking those steps to get towards the finish line rather than, you know, letting something like that ruin the race and, and push you further behind where you want to be. So it is easy to say. It's not easy to do. Um, and in those circumstances, out on race race or, or in training, it becomes hard. I do say it a lot to Tara that if you're going to race in it, you need to train in it. So, you know, if you're going to race on wet, windy days, you've got to train on wet, windy days. So, you know, it helps you and helps you overcome some of those things a little bit on race days. Um, You know, chafing, those sort of things, you've got to get used to it. If it does hurt and you do get it, it could happen in a race. So just make sure you do realise what you can do and be prepared for them as best you can. But if it becomes an issue, you need to somehow work out a way of forgetting it. Distraction's a good one. So it might be uh, turning up the music. Uh, it might be one of the things I do, which is resetting myself, wiggle my toes in my feet, in my shoes, um, wiggle my fingers, roll my shoulders, roll my neck around as I'm running just to try and distract myself from that and then get my focus back on what, what I I count the do.
0: dogs. Yeah. I count the dogs on the sideline, so that's my distraction.
1: Yeah, so worry about the things you can that's the tip this week. Great tip.
0: Excellent. So what's coming up on next week's episode, Tim? Nice. I guess we're getting very close, so it's going to be a good
1: one. It will be. So uh, next week we're going to be talking about all things Berlin. Wow. Can't wait. We're, we're getting close. So we're, um, we're going to pack our bags. We're going to talk about the journey we're going to take. We're going to talk about the adventures we're going to have. We're going to talk a little bit about race strategy, a little bit about the course. Uh, and talk about how we're going to celebrate as well. We've talked a little bit about it, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more as we unpack our bags, uh, or not unpacking as we pack our bags. <laughs> not unpacking yet, um, but, yeah, bring it on. I can't wait.
0: And you might hear me talk about bananas on course, which I am so excited about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just one thing before we go, uh, Aisha and Tony, uh, did you see they've released informally the berlin finishes medal just this week it's um mm. they're all uh, they're all all the medals because there's a number of races there's the wheelchair race there's the marathon running race and then there's a marathon inline skating race all of them have female uh, marathon legends um on the medals so uh the the running medal that we will receive has uh, I can't remember her name. She's the winner of the Tokyo Marathon in, uh, for the Olympics. And her face will be on the medal that we receive. So mm. it'll be good.
3: Can't wait. Yeah, fantastic. We'll talk more about that next week.
0: Thanks, Tim. Can't wait to build that plane and start this journey. So this winds up our 11th episode of The Flying Runner. And I have to say a big thank you to Aisha, Aisha again. Um, but Thank we you. hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you did, please like and subscribe wherever you've listened um, or watched this episode. Video of this episode will also be available at Spotify, YouTube, and audio will be on Apple, Amazon, and Google Podcasts and most other popular po- platforms. So make sure you follow us on Facebook for our updates during Berlin and Chicago. As you know, we won't be doing our podcast, and the link to the page will be on the show notes. So just remember, every step forward is a victory. Lace up, hit the road, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, happy running.
3: Happy running. Happy running. Thanks, Aisha. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you.